Welcome to the Dr. Dad's Podcast, where a naturopath and chiropractor come together each week to share lifestyle medicine, health advice, and inspiring interviews with some of the top experts in health and wellness, bringing you the latest in nutrition, exercise, ancient healing, toxins and detox, your microbiome, mindset, hormones, brain, and much more. Stay tuned. We're going to teach you how to experience growth daily. All right, welcome everybody. We are live on the Dr. Dad's podcast, and I gotta say, we're pretty excited to have such an amazing uh, guest with us today. Uh, we, we had the opportunity to meet this gentleman at a conference in Nashville, and uh, this guy has been all over the news and living, you know, living his life and through teaching by example. And uh, <clears throat> excuse me, and and he really got his start. Uh, by doing an experiment on his body, and, and his, his name is Drew Manning, and he did a process called Fit to Fat to Fit. And you may have seen him on Dr. Oz, Good Morning America, and a bunch of other amazing uh, tele, telecasts just to show how challenging it is to go through this journey of you know, being in shape, being the top of your physical conditioning, to you know, overdoing it with the Cinnamon Toast Crunch as he likes to... <laughs> And, and then back, to the journey back to, to wellness and, and into that uh, physique that, um, that he had before. And it was, uh, it was an amazing opportunity to get a chance to meet him at a conference because he's, he's just, he's a, he's a nice guy. Like, he, you know, you, he just came and sat down with us, was happy to chat and connect with us and share this journey that, that uh, is so challenging for so many people. So the fact that he's here today on the Dr. Dads, where uh, both Dave and I are super excited to, that we can help get his message out to the world because it's an important one. So, David, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, Dr. Nick. How are you, man? I'm doing well. And Drew, thank you so much for being on the show today. Yeah, Dr. Nick, Dr. David, it's a pleasure to be on with you guys. Uh, so glad we connected out there in Nashville, and, and here we are today. Uh, actually, today is the anniversary of uh, the eight-year the eight anniversary of Fit to Fit. So May 7, uh, 2011 <laughs> was that's the awesome. <laughs> so today is May 7, 2018. <laughs> Are you having um, flashbacks, Drew? <laughs> <laughs> only, only when I walk past Cinnamon Toast Crunch in the grocery <laughs> store <laughs> did I have some flashbacks. But like today, I just did a post with my Fit to Fat transformation. Um, not to not to spoil Avengers Endgame for anybody, but just go to my Instagram and look uh, at the comparison that I did. It was really it was actually a funny post, but <laughs> well, and you guys got to check Drew out. He has on Facebook. This guy's got over a million followers, and on YouTube, which is a big channel for you, got over forty thousand, right? Yeah. So yeah. great places to connect with them, and we'll ask about some more things later in the show. Mm -hmm. uh, but Dr. Nick, get us started, man. Let's dig in. I want to I want Drew to kind of share his journey. Yeah, there, and believe it or not, there's probably some people out there that don't understand the story and don't know it. So if you can just kind of dive in and, and what got you started, what got you thinking about even doing this process, um, and then and then walk us through. Yeah, so a little background about myself. Um, you know, I grew up in a family of 11 brothers and sisters, and we all played sports, right? I played football and wrestling from a very young age. And so for me, I've always been active. I've, I've always been in shape. I've never known what it's like to be overweight. And in 2009, I became certified as a trainer, and there was a, an immediate disconnect between me and my clients because here I was, someone who had never been overweight in their life, trying to help people who had been overweight the majority of their life. <laughs> and there's an obvious disconnect because I would get frustrated with them when they, would, they wouldn't follow the plans that I gave them. I would give them their meal plans and the workouts. I'd be like, all right, here you go. Just do it. And they would you know, come up with excuses as to why they 
you know, they caved and, you know, gave into some unhealthy food or didn't go to the gym when they were tired and, you know, they slept in, things like that. And I was like, well, why don't you just do it? It's not that hard. You just, you just put the junk food down, you go to the gym, boom, it's not that hard. <laughs> and so for me, um, I needed to learn something because they would tell me, you know, Drew, you don't understand, man. For you, it's so easy. And for us, it's so hard. And I couldn't understand why it was so hard for them. And uh, I was thinking of ideas and this idea of getting fat on purpose. I know that sounds ridiculous and crazy. It made sense in my mind. It kind of felt like a calling, something I needed to actually do. Even though it was crazy and ridiculous, I decided to do it. And I embarked on it. May 7, 2011 was my first day. So for six months, the rules were no exercise. I couldn't exercise. And I ate a standard American diet, which we can get into. You know, We talked about Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Um, <laughs> that was one of my staples. But I ate that way for six months and put on 75 pounds of pure fat. Um, and then luckily lost it you know, in the second half of the journey. So six months of gaining, six months of losing. But it was one of the hardest things I've ever done. Um, it was one of the most humbling things I've ever done. And it taught me so much uh, of the mental and emotional side of transformation that I just had no idea really existed until I did this, this experiment. So my eyes were opened and I, I, I realized how wrong I was in my approach to helping people transform. That's incredible. I mean, most people, once they get to a place where they're, they're, they're happy, the, the last thing they want to do would be to reverse all of that hard work. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Most people don't do this. Actors do it sometimes, but they get paid millions of dollars. I wasn't getting paid to do this. It was, yeah. you know, it was just some, my own self-experiment. Mm -hmm. and, and that's part of, that's part of your journey as a human being too, is that, you know, hopefully for all of us is that we want to be able to relate to each other and be in community and, and be supportive and, and the fact that you took this on to to serve a larger population of people, I mean, it's 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 a big undertaking. And Dr. Oz, I'm mean, just flashbacks to the to the show that you when you were on there, he was kind of looking at you like, Drew, you're you're not looking so good, and your numbers are not looking good either, and you're you're on a downward trajectory here to some some seriously ill health. Uh, what was that like? Just just getting that feedback, and uh, obviously you knew you were going to turn it around again, but. Yeah. Just to be in the shoes of someone in that experience, what was that like? Yeah. So first of all, going into this, I, I knew the risks. You know, I worked with a lot of doctors at the time. I worked in the medical field before I did Fit to Fat to Fit and before I was a trainer. Um, and so I knew the, the somewhat of the medical risks, but that one experience of being on Dr. Oz really opened up my eyes to just how much we don't focus on the inside of our bodies. We focus so much on the outside of, okay, how's this food going to affect my weight? <laughs> you know, how's this, is this going to help me gain fat or lose fat? Right. And we don't look at food as, as how's that going to affect us at the cellular level or how's it going to affect our hormones? Um, so much more than just weight loss or fat loss. Um, and so for me being overweight for the first time, this was, this is why it was so humbling because my identity my entire life was based on my body. My body looked a certain way pretty much my whole life. You know, I wasn't ripped and shredded coming out of the womb, but I was, you know, <laughs> I never experienced what it was like to be overweight. And um, my identity was based on that. And so for me, being overweight for the first time was very uncomfortable. I, 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 I kind of freaked out, to be honest with you, because I didn't know who I was anymore. And I would want to go up to strangers in public and tell them that I really wasn't overweight, that this was just an experiment. Like, and then I didn't even know these people. And I, I didn't really do this, but I wanted to. I wanted to go up to people and say, hey, this isn't really me. Here's my before picture. Go to this website. It'll explain everything. Uh, because I was so uncomfortable in my own skin. And, and being married at the time, you know, I remember covering up in front of my wife, stepping out of the shower, 
you know, I didn't want her to see me naked. I didn't want to see myself naked. And so it really played games with my head. Um, the mental emotional journey of gaining the weight was way harder than the physical. Physical was still hard. I mean, walking upstairs, <laughs> you know, breathing heavy, bending over and tying your shoes, like holding your breath just to be able to tie your shoes because you, all that visceral fat, um, you know, making it difficult to breathe, you know, snoring at nighttime affecting my sleep, which affects my energy levels throughout the day, uh, the lethargy. Um, it was very humbling, all of it, but on the mental and emotional side was where it was, it was the most difficult, and that's where I learned the greatest lessons, though. So can you speak a little bit to, to the emotions and the behaviors that you noticed that changed a lot for you? Because, you know, you said something important. You, you were you, – you, you, hadn't, you hadn't been overweight your whole life, so that was a completely different experience. And some people, poor, you know, they, they, they grow up in it, man. Like this is something that, that starts at the beginning of life for them, and they've never experienced a fit, healthy body. And so what, what, would, I mean, what, what was that like? Yeah, great question. So this was the interesting thing is, you know, my, before this journey, my outlet or my stress reliever therapy was exercise. And now that I couldn't exercise, um, I had to find a new stress reliever. And, and guess what that was? It was food. And this is what I realized a lot of people fall into this trap of food becoming, creating this vicious cycle of providing an instant of relief and, you know, the food tastes good. You feel good for a little bit. But then you feel awful, right? You have to have that high again because you get a crash. And, um, you know, your, your blood sugar spikes, you know, eating cinnamon toast crunch or drinking a soda. And then after that spike, you get a crash. You feel awful. You feel miserable. You feel like you're going to die. So you need to get that high again. And so food becomes comfort for you. It becomes your therapy. But it also creates that vicious cycle of, of love-hate, you know, where you love it, but then you hate it. You love it. You hate it. And it, it just repeats itself. And so for me, you know, um, a couple of the things that changed about my behavior during this journey was, you know, when, you're, when your hormones are off, you're not sleeping well, um, and you're eating these types of foods, you're living this type of lifestyle, people don't realize how it affects your personality. Uh, like I said, people look at food as gaining weight or losing weight, right? And it's, it affects us so much more than just that. And when your hormones are off, you're a different person. <laughs> when you have low testosterone as a 30-year-old male, you're a different person than when you have optimal, um, you know, hormonal levels of, of testosterone. That's just one hormone, you know. Uh, imagine how, how everything else was thrown off during this journey. And, yes, I was more emotional. My ex-wife <laughs> in her book, Chapter 4, she talks about how I kind of became the female in the relationship because I was always complaining. I was more emotional. And uh, this food definitely – um, it was, was the culprit, you know, um, things like cinnamon toast crunch and white bread and white pasta and juices and granola bars and chips and cookies and crackers and hot pockets and SpaghettiOs and ramen noodles and these types of foods that, you know, most of us in our circle don't eat, but 90% of Americans still eat this way because the food is convenient. It tastes really, really good, right? This, the hyper, uh, palatability of this food is, is, you know, incredible what these companies can do with these foods and it's um it's affordable right it's super cheap and so that's why people <clears throat> gravitate towards these foods and we just get hooked on them mm -hmm. well it's funny is that you're describing nearly every symptom that someone would come in to see us for <laughs> it hurts when i go up the stairs i'm tired all the time i'm addicted to food you know emotionally unstable hormones are off and for men you know it's high estrogen low testosterone with all that sugar and estrogen <laughs> you know, from the different types of chemicals that are in the food. I mean, this is kind of nearly every patient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I purposely did this. And so it'd be, it's interesting to see it from 
<clears throat> kind of what it's like, not exactly, but kind of what it's like for six months to live this way. And my eyes were opened and I just realized a couple things. How much of transformation is mental and emotional, even though in the fitness industry, we, we try and make it about calories in, calories out. What's the new workout? What's the new diet? And we think that's the key to transforming our health is the physical aspect of it. But in reality, if that was, if that's all it took, everybody in this world would be skinny and fit, right? If all that was, was like, okay, I just got to eat less and work out. All right, I'll do that. <laughs> But it, people know it's so much more of a mental and emotional journey. That's why they can't live it as a lifestyle change because they don't know how to fix the mental and emotional side uh, of themselves mm -hmm. yet. They're just trying to willpower the way through the physical, which in the end doesn't last very long for, for a lot of people. Yes, you can see some benefits. Some people, you know, small percentage can willpower their way through it, but the majority of people get stuck after, you know, 30, 60 days of, you know, depriving themselves and, you know, starving themselves and working out really hard and, and thinking that they're going to get this body of, uh, of a God, it doesn't happen that way. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. it's way more mental and emotional than people think. And the other thing that I realized was how powerful the emotional connection to food is. So, uh, you know, physiologically, there's this addiction with the hyper palatability that is, that exists, right? You guys definitely know that and talk about that. Uh, but also um, the emotional connection, right? We eat our emotions when we're sad, Hey, let's, let's go get some food. Let's, let's celebrate with, or, or if you're happy, let's celebrate with something, you know, alcohol or, or some type of dessert or, Hey, it's someone's birthday. We have to have a cake or, Hey, it's this holiday. We have to have grandma's recipe. Like, well, this is what we do. And then we give ourselves all these excuses of like, Hey, it's the weekend. It's Friday. It's <laughs> whatever. Like we, we eat our emotions and breaking that habit of that emotional connection to food is really, really difficult. And that's one, one of the things that was very humbling for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and on that note too, I mean, people get stuck in this this world of calories. And they get stuck in this world, you know, as you know, as being a trainer too, of just busting their butts at the gym. And it's like this, like you said, this negative feedback loop where there's not really any reward, but the only reward is food. And then the more you deprive yourself, the harder you work at the gym, the more depleted you get. And so it constantly becomes this caloric model. And I know there's still some, I won't say any names, but there's still some big top celebrity trainers still pushing this agenda to some degree and you've you've looked ahead of the game you you created your book complete keto and it goes in the face to some degree of this old model that still has to you know work its way out but bringing in that emotional understanding for people together with ketosis fat adaptation hormonal optimization all those things you teach i mean what was it What's it like? I mean, because are, are most people that you connect with now or in, the, in, this, in this bigger world that you're in, are they, are they kind of like, Drew, you got it wrong? Or, are, is, or do you see a trend moving in this direction? No, there's definitely a trend moving in this direction. It's just an uphill battle, you know, mm -hmm. for people like me preaching about the mental and emotional side because it's not as sexy, right? People are like, okay, what's the new diet, right? People yeah. want the quickest way to lose the most amount of weight in the shortest amount of time with the least amount of effort. They want the magic pill, right? They don't want to hear, okay, so I have to meditate. I have to, you know, uh, you know, you know, focus on my macros or I have to work out, whatever it is, like it's effort. <laughs> you know, you have to put effort in to what to change something. And so it's not as sexy talking about it, but at the end of the day, it's the truth. Mm -hmm. You know, it really is. There's a few small percentage of people that can, you know, willpower their way, you know, calories in, calories out, reduce calories, exercise more and, and stay that way the rest of their life. But it, it doesn't work for the majority of people. And that's why we have an obesity epidemic here and, and now in other countries. And it's growing and it's scary how fast it's growing, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure how we're going to be able to sustain it as at the, the rate it's growing. 
And so for me, you know, it's an uphill battle bringing in the mental and emotional side, which is what I do with complete keto is it's a ketogenic approach to a physical transformation. But then I also add in the mental, emotional, spiritual components to help people with a complete transformation. Because at the end of the day, it's not about how much weight you lose. It's not about getting the body you want. What needs to change is people's perception of health and fitness. They see, you know, people like me or they see these Instagram models and think, oh, I need to look like that person in order to be healthy. And if I'm not, then I'm a failure. And if I do, then I'm a success. And then I'll like myself and other people will like me and, and then I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. When in reality, that's a myth. That's a lie that we, buy in, that we buy into just like we do with money or fame thinking, oh, if I have this much money or this car, or this house, then I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but we both know, we all three of us know people that are miserable that have tons of money. We know people that are miserable that have perfect bodies. You know, they still don't think they're good enough because it's not a complete transformation. There's it's not this complete fulfillment that's happening. It's maybe you're fulfilled on the physical side, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually, you know, you're, you're lacking and then vice versa. We see that all the time. And so that's why I'm trying to bring something like complete keto, which is a complete transformation, you know, the physical, which in my opinion, keto is, is one method to use, but I think it's the most enjoyable method because the food tastes good and you feel satiated throughout. But then, you know, uh, also bring fulfillment on the mental, emotional, spiritual side while you're, while you're transforming your body. Um, and then it, at the end of the day, it's about focusing on the habits, the process, the lifestyle in not letting the results dictate whether or not you're a success or failure. Mm-hmm. When I love how you talk about the mental and emotional component and you, I mean, you've lived this because when I mean, we talk about the transformation for our listeners, Drew, what, how much weight would you say is there? Because you're absolutely right. That is the root of it all. Mm-hmm. How much weight do people need to give that versus thinking that they're like, you're saying, Oh, well, it's just easier to do this and this and this and this. Tell, mm-hmm. t- talk to our listeners a little bit about that experience and what you, how much weight you give it overall. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a great question. So here's the thing I tell people, I could give someone the best meal plans, the best workouts, the best, um, you know, supplementation protocol and, and everything, every physical tool that they would need to transform. And, most people would, would be able to do it. And a great example of that is TV shows like The Biggest Loser. They are given everything <laughs> to follow, you know, uh, to, to, to transform their body. And guess what? They all transform their bodies, but their minds aren't transformed. Why? Because at the end of the show, 90 plus percent gain the weight back, mm-hmm. you know? So they've been given all the tools to transform their bodies, and that's great, but it doesn't last forever. And so that's, that's one example. So for me, it's 90% mindset, 10%, you know, the physical stuff. And so, you know, for me, the problem is that that 10% is what 90% of the population focuses on. And that's what they want. They think that's the end all be all. And they realize, oh, that was too hard. You know, I, I want it to be easier than that. Um, so at the end of the day, it's, it, I would say it's 90% mindset, 10% physical. And the physical part is important. I'm not, I'm not you know, discrediting that. It's, it's the, your perception of, of that, that part of it that needs to change. And that's what I'm trying to, to help people change their perception. Mm -hmm. And and Nick and I would completely agree with you there, man. I mean, the mindset is it's the root of the puzzle. And, you know, you said something earlier, you talked about identity. Now that you've gone through this process with your clients, now when you do your coaching and your training, how much of that identity work do you have to help with your clients? Oh man. So that's, that's one of the things that happens is, uh, with, for example, people from the biggest losers, their identity is still an overweight person, even when they lose the weight, right? Because what happens is the feedback loop goes away. People are like, you look great. You look amazing. And then after they, they've lost the weight, it's, it's, it goes away. You know, it's like, I don't get told all the time, like, wow, Drew, you look great. 
it's like, well, he's looked that way for a long time. So we don't say you look great, man. You lost a lot of weight, <laughs> but so what happens is that feedback loop goes away for people. And, um, and so for them, they, a lot of them, you know, they haven't changed their mindset. So they go back to that, that identity that, that feels safe for them. And that for some people that's overweight. And so, um, you know, like I said, uh, now what I do in helping people is focus a lot more on the mental and emotional side because it's not a one size fits all approach. It's not something that I can say, okay, um, you know, here's your program you follow to change your mindset. I give people tools like meditation, positive affirmations, gratitude lists, those types of things that will help them on the mental emotional side. But at the end of the day, they have to dig deep to find out why it is, you know, why they, you know, it was sometimes the worthiness thing. Sometimes it's a trauma that's happened, uh, deep, you know, seated issues that haven't, that have been suppressed that they haven't confronted yet. And it's painful to go through that. It really is. But until you do, it manifests itself sometimes in the physical form of, you know, a lot of weight gain and unhealthy and unhealthy body. And I'm sure you guys, talk a lot about that as well with your, your clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think one of the, one of the pieces here that I hope that people really grab onto is that it doesn't really, you know, at the end of the day, we're talking about ketosis and fat adaptation and, and, and a lot of the tools that they're teaching in the book, uh, which is, by the way, is actually really easy to read and the mm -hmm. recipes are phenomenal and, Thank and you. the mindset Thank training. You. I mean, it is actually people listening. It's set up for you that you will succeed if you just are consistent. Yeah, no, that that's that's clearly there. So you know, as people start on this journey or move through this process, I mean, a lot of the, that addictive patterning uh, that they're like you were just speaking to that it comes from that hit of food, then comes as a reward from, hey, you look great. Oh, thanks. Like you, it starts to uplift you, and you almost crave that. Now it becomes a new thing. And like you said, if you haven't shifted the mindset, that just the trajectory of that identity just kind of falls back. Yeah. So as you as you've moved into these different states, what does this mean for you going forward? Like, how do you, like, if you're having a couple of bad weeks, I don't know, maybe you're not hitting the gym as much, or maybe you're a little off your eating plan. Um, what do you like just to help the listeners? What do you do to tell yourself or get, get yourself back on track and stay motivated? You know? Um, yeah. What are some of your tips there? Yeah. So just so everyone, you know, realizes, you know, all three of us, we're, we're all human <laughs> and none of us are perfect, even though, you know, sometimes we, we, you know, you know, we'll post pictures of, of us or, or, you know, I will at least and, and like, Oh, Drew looks like he's in shape, but no, there's plenty of times where I've gone without pushing myself, you know, mentally. And this is one of the things I took away from fit to Ed fit was like, yeah, I like, I like to look great on the outside, but I'm not as obsessed, mm -hmm. but I do have moments, uh, you know, of where I'm like not as strict on my diet. I'm not as strict with my working out and I just feel like I'm going through the motions. And if I dig deep, it's usually some type of emotional issue that I haven't dealt with that I haven't, you know, confronted or, or put out there yet. And it, it blocks me from moving forward physically sometimes. And I'm more aware of that now versus in the past. I'm just like, what's wrong with me? I would just get depressed or, or frustrated or, you know, um, I let those emotions just kind of consume me. But now with, with things like meditation and mindfulness and being present in the moment and being aware of, of what it is that's, you know, pulling me down, I can, you know, uh, um, I can open up to those things and be able to, you know, navigate those waters a lot, a lot uh, more efficiently than, than in the past. And so some things that help me, you know, uh, when I'm in a rut, which has happened recently, <laughs> to be totally honest with you, is one, it's not, it's not um, the end of the world right? If I go two weeks without working out, the old me would be so frustrated, so mad at myself. And my method was to beat myself up. 
like, you know, what's wrong with you? Like, you know, that, that negative self-talk, I don't do that anymore. I just say, okay, you know, I'm definitely not where I want to be right now. You know, there's something going on in my life and then I'll go to meditation to find out what it is and, and maybe write it down in my journal and find ways and action plan to confront it and overcome it versus just staying stuck and be like, uh, you know, hopefully things get better for me or finances get better or, um, you know, stress of life will get easier. It doesn't happen that way. It's learning how to deal with the stresses of life. And, and for me, that's one of the things that has helped me is mindfulness meditation, being present in the moment. And that, that self-awareness starts to grow like, okay, this is why I'm feeling this way in this moment. And this is, you know, how I'm able to navigate that to, all right, let's set up a new action plan to go to the gym and try a different workout. For example, like if I'm just doing the same three sets of 10 bench press, of course that gets old after a while. So finding new ways to challenge myself and I'm actually doing something right now, which I haven't spoken about publicly, um, a little bit on my Insta story, but on this, I'll probably announce it just because it'll keep me accountable. But I, as I, me and my brother, he challenged me to do a hundred mile, uh, race with him in 24 hours. So wow. we have 24 hours yeah, to finish hundred miles and I've never ran a half marathon. I've never ran a full marathon. And I was like, why not just go for a hundred? You know, <laughs> that's awesome. So it's a little bit crazy. I'm not saying everyone needs to do that, but I have one month to train for it. And we did an eight mile practice run, uh, you know, last week I'm still, you know, super sore and like limping around. So <laughs> I got a long ways to go. That's, that's amazing, Drew. I mean, what you just spoke to is the old Drew who was attached to his identity as a physical form would not have been able to survive this. You know, it's, yeah. I'm, not, I'm using you like the, the old Drew or the old Nick, the old David, you know, the journey that we have to go on through the mindset and the shift in the energy system, that identity shift that you did. Now you've got this whole new set of tools and you're, and you're shifting, you know, you're, you're we, we call it repurposing. So you're re yeah. repurposing your life. You're getting back into alignment and you've got bad days. We've got bad days. We've got challenges but your new identity is no longer aligned with that physical aspect. You, you go to the source the highest power in our body is to, to get our alignment spiritually connect to whatever it is that you connect to or mindset and then start to shift. And actually, you know, probably for you, um, I would love to hear just why you want to do that. But I think, you know, I'm projecting here a little bit. This is a, this is more mindset training as well. I mean, if you're doing something you've never really done before and these ultra marathons are really more of a journey of the mind than they are the body. Obviously you have yeah. to be well prepared physically as well, <laughs> but this is, you know, this is a, a new trajectory that you have to force yourself into and it's going to be a mental, it's mental toughness. And yeah. There's a, there's a great book uh, called willpower doesn't work by Benjamin Hardy. And I think it's a great book for anyone that is stuck in a rut. That's trying to, that's tried to willpower their way through a difficult situation, whether it's weight loss or physical or just uh, any, any kind of uh, situation. And in the book, he talks about, you know, how willpower doesn't work in his opinion for a majority of people. There's a few people that can do it, like I said, but um, he talks about how humans are so great at adapting to new environments, right? That's what humans are good at is adapting to new environments. And so instead of willpowering your way through something, find ways to change your environment. And when you do that, then you're going to adapt to that new environment and end up making the changes that you want to change instead of trying to willpower your way through it. So uh, for me, it, it, I have to constantly find ways to change my environment. Otherwise, I get stuck in the same place. And that's whether through a physical challenge like I'm doing or a mental, emotional challenge. Sometimes I'll, um, you know, I'll wake up at different times uh, to do meditation uh, versus like the same old, same old, you know, time of, of like, here's my morning routine. I think constantly, you know, uh, adding variety to it 
allows you to adapt to that new environment and, and constantly progressing forward versus some people just get stuck and like, I don't want to change anything because it's hard and I just want to stay in this safe comfort zone for the rest of my life. But there's no growth from that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think this is a good place, Drew, for us to kind of segue into your journey back to being fit from gaining the 70 pounds, 75 pounds. <laughs> yeah. and, and I want you to talk a little bit about what, what kind of thoughts were going through your head and how difficult was that? And then what, what did you get out of that on that journey back? Yeah. So the, the journey back took six months. Um, and the biggest surprise was the first two weeks of that journey. Um, going from eating 5,000 calories of processed food to 2,000 calories of real whole food, uh, the, I thought it was going to be, you know, I was thought it was going to feel great and it was going to be an awesome transition. The transition sucked really bad. It was way harder than I thought it was going to be. Going from that, switching those, you know, from one food to another food, like in one day I did a cold turkey, the, I felt like I was going through withdrawal symptoms, you know. I've never been addicted to drugs. I don't know what that feels like, but if I had to guess, it felt something like what I experienced with with food, where I was eating all the foods I knew I know I was supposed to be eating, but feeling awful. The food did not taste nearly as good as I remember. So, you know, my taste buds adapted to those, those hyper palatable, you know, foods like cinnamon toast crunch for six months and eating whole food tasted bland and boring. I'm like, man, this sucks. And I felt awful. I was grumpy. I was moody. I had headaches, um, still lacked the energy that I thought I would have. And uh, it just opened my eyes to what my clients had been telling me for so long. Like, Drew, I'm trying to follow your meal plans, but I just, you know, I, I gave in. Like, I had a moment of weakness or, you know, I was stressed out. And before I was like, what's, what's wrong with you? Like, it's not that hard. And it's like someone going up to a drug addict saying, what's wrong with you? Stop doing drugs. It's not that hard. Just don't do it. Right. <laughs> when, when in reality, we know there's a serious addiction. So the emotional connection to food was way more powerful than I ever imagined. And it really just op- helped me have empathy for my clients. Um, after about two weeks, those cravings kind of became more manageable. They don't, they didn't go away completely, but they were more manageable for sure. And then I started to feel that, that increase in energy and started feeling good again. And then I started, uh, I skipped exercise for the first 30 days to show people how powerful nutrition is, um, in getting healthy and losing weight. And I lost 19 pounds, but more importantly, all my blood work went back to normal levels in that, in the first 30 days would just change my food. Um, the next five months I did have to go back to the gym and work out. Uh, but I wanted to show people it wasn't some extreme lifestyle. People thought, Oh, he's going to work out for six hours a day. And, you know, like a personal trainer would, I worked out, I had, I, you know, I have a job, I had kids and I had, you know, coached little league football. And so I was like, look, I don't have a ton of time to work out. I have maybe 30 to 40 minutes a day, five days a week, took Saturday and Sunday off to show people, look, it doesn't need to be anything extreme. You know, five days a week of 30 to 40 minutes per day was optimal for me to lose those 75 pounds in six months or sorry, five, uh, five months with exercise, you know, six months total. But, um, it was, it was like, it was still one of the most humbling things I've ever done. I did lose the weight, but I hit plateaus along the way, hit road bumps. Um, and the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway was this is, you know, my whole life I've been on top of this mountain of fitness. And this is where all the, like a lot of trainers who have never been overweight are up here and our clients are way down here. And from the top, looking down the path looks so easy. It's like, oh yeah, you just come up here, you walk up here. And before you know it, you're at the top. It seems so simple when you've always been at the top, right? Um, for the first time in my life, I was at the bottom and looking up was a totally different perspective. And that journey up was way harder than I ever imagined it would be. And so those were the biggest takeaways for me was, you know, empathy, more respect, a better understanding, you know, how powerful food can be as a, you know, as a drug. And it was very eye opening, and I'm so glad I went through it. 
What a great story and journey. I mean, I, that's mm-hmm. just probably the third or fourth time we've, we've heard it now, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's awesome. And, and that's opened a lot of doors for you and life I'm sure has changed drastically for you after going through this process. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the opportunities you had coming out of that process and, and where it took you? Yeah. So like I said, I was working in the medical field full time during this, 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 uh, fit to fat to fit journey. But eventually, um, you know, this, this whole story went viral. I uh, started going on TV shows, you know, Jay Leno, Dr. Oz, good morning America. Then a book deal happened, um, about, uh, maybe almost halfway through. So I wrote a book about this journey as it was happening. It's called fit to fat to fit. I did a whole media tour at the end of my journey, losing the weight, you know, did a big reveal on good morning America and went on the view and a bunch of other shows. And the story went viral and the book became a New York Times bestseller. Um, a couple years later, the book turned into a TV show called Fit to Fat to Fit on A&E. Um, and, and since then, I've been able to build a very successful brand around it. Um, it took me a good five years of making a lot of mistakes of learning how, how do I turn this into a business? You know, how do I monetize this? Because I didn't know what I was doing in the beginning. I didn't go into this with the intention of making this my career or, or making money from this. But I've learned, I've, I've, finally learned how to do that you know fast forward five years six years now post fit to fat to fit <laughs> to before i was like okay I, I finally know who i am what i'm about and what i'm doing what what i can provide you know this world mm-hmm. well and the best part about that when i look at the big picture is here you are just going into something wanting to to try to be able to relate to your clients understand them really help yourself to help other people and now you're helping millions of people i mean your reach just like got massive from just doing something that you just had a gut feeling that you had to do right <laughs> i know which is a great testament for people out there that might think their idea is stupid or you know no one's going to do that. no one's going to buy into it. like i didn't know i i just kind of took a risk you know i totally did and i had no idea what would happen but um you know, it, it sounds cliche to, to follow your heart, but if you really truly believe in something, yeah, I was scared to do this. I didn't know if I would get laughed at or, you know, um, just, you know, just be torn down online, social media, but I did it anyways. And obviously I'm very glad I did it. A lot of lessons along the way from a business perspective, financial perspective, you know, but also mentally, emotionally, spiritually. I mean, it's been a crazy journey, you know, um, I uh, ended up going through a divorce about four and a half years ago, which people didn't know was happening during this whole journey. During Fit to Fit to Fit, people, you know, I was married and people were like, oh yeah, relationship goals. But on the inside, there was a lot more emotional, spiritual stuff going on that I couldn't put out there yet because I was so worried about what other people thought of me. So from all of this has come so much good. And I'm a big believer that everything in this life, life happens for a greater good. Even if it sucks at the time, even if it seems like a bad thing, life is happening for you, not to you. And if you can change your perspective of that, life is so much more amazing versus looking at life like, why me? Why did this happen to me? It's more so, okay, this is happening to me. What can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? Mm -hmm. And if you do that that little change, man, life has such a different meaning. That's such a powerful message, Drew. That's amazing. (laughs) And, And considering that most people are stuck in that fog, that haze, like that, the less than watered down version of themselves because of their, you know, their eating habits, you know, their, their belief systems, et cetera. It's hard to really align with your purpose and and move forward in, in a purposeful life when you're, when you're in that, like that swamp, that stew of just discomfort, right? Like it, there's, it's that appreciation that you have 
for being there and knowing that like, I mean, what was that piece like just being in the discomfort of life? Like, did you have, like, did you still have goals? Like, did you, I mean, I guess you knew you're, there was going to be a timeline here, of course, but <laughs> what was that like? Just like the squashing of the dreams and, and that, or did, did you feel any of that? No, I did, but I kept it inside, which is what, you know, we were taught as men to do in society is to keep those emotions in, don't talk about them, push those feelings down and pretend like everything's okay on the outside. And I did a really good job of that because I'd been trained from a very young age with the, the culture I, I grew up in, my, the perception of the culture, right? From sports to the religion I grew up in to my family environment was, you know, I learned that from a very young age to suppress everything, you know, man up. And act like everything's okay, and it, it it worked for a little bit, but eventually broke me later on down the road. Um, so once I once I learned to embrace the vulnerability as a strength, which is what I learned from Brene Brown, who mm-hmm. changed my life completely. Man, my life opened up. My eyes were open to, to living an authentic life for the first time versus living my life for other people of who they wanted me to be. Um, there's there's power in that. It's scary as hell. It's very scary to you know, step into that arena and, and say, this is me, you know, and, and own that is really hard. Um, but that's why I got a tattoo to my forum, you know, vulnerability is strength and it changed my life and it carries over into other aspects of my life. Yes. Physically I had that part down. Like I knew how to look good on the outside, but inside I was miserable right uh, before all this. And it wasn't until, you know, I, I learned to own my story and embrace vulnerability as a strength where it kind of carried over into, the physical, the mental, emotional, spiritual, the complete transformation where I was fulfilled on all levels. And then it carried over into my business because I finally realized who I was and what I was about and what my, my purpose was in this world. Um, it carried over into my business as well. And so I think that's overlooked sometimes, but it all ties together. Man, that's, that's such a, I love that you, you went there because yeah, that's right. Vulnerability is her strength. And Brene Brown is, you know, she's <laughs> phenomenal. And the fact that, that so many people are stuck in that fog and, you know, busting their butts, working their nine to five, you know, not feeling fulfilled. Um, that's actually harder work, everybody. It's harder work, but it's scarier over here. As you just mentioned, scarier because yeah. you have to face yourself. You have to face yeah. those limiting beliefs, all your, all your, everything that you grew up with, everything you was programmed into you. It's, it's more, challenging but more fulfilling and that's that's the truth about anything whether it's business or relationship or and you know so on and so forth yeah and thank you so much for going there for for the for the people listening because these these are life tools and it goes way beyond diet way beyond nutrition way beyond exercise and this is the core fundamental thing that we all have to face and yes it's hard to do that anything that's hard is uh, anything worth anything is going to be challenging and it's yeah. going to challenge you to, to, to really tap into a deeper sense of who you are. So that's, that's an amazing journey. And, and on that note, let's talk about your kids because you're doing this for you. You're doing this for everybody who, the, you know, the millions of viewers and, and who's ever seen you on online. And even if they've seen just a snippet of you, they, they, they learned something from you. Yeah. How important is it for you to take this down to your two amazing girls? Yeah, this is something I tell a lot of people that, you know, if I take that role as a dad very seriously. And that's honestly what my purpose is, uh, more so than fit to fit to fit and what I've done with my brand. If I, if, 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 if my whole business failed, like everything, you know, you know, went, went down and, and, and failed and I lost everything at the end of the day, yes, that would suck really bad. But then in the day, like if I died and passed on or when I do, 
if I was a successful dad, I, I would be able to die a happy man. You know, if I was the best dad I could be to my daughters. Um, for me, that's the, the most important, most fulfilling part of me, uh, you know, on this earth is, is that aspect. Yes, I love what I do. You know, seeing people transform is amazing. But, you know, seeing my girls in our relationship that we have, um, you know, is for me one of the most important things um, in my life. And uh, that's another tattoo that I have called it's Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters from this book that I read before my first daughter was born, which totally changed my paradigm on how I viewed parenting, especially a father-daughter relationship and how important that role is. So all the dads out there with daughters, I mean, it's, 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 it's one of the most important relationships out there, just like a, a mother-son. But anyways, a daughter learns how to love from her mom, but she learns how to be loved from her dad. Mm-hmm. I think it's up to us as dads to, to learn to break the cycle of the things that we've been programmed to think our entire life that came from our parents, but no blame to them or anything because they you know did the best they could with what they had and their parents our grandparents you know the programming was passed down and unless we change uh unless we break that cycle it's just gonna be passed on to to our kids and then they'll pass it on to their kids so the things that we want to see change in this world it's up to us as parents to help break that cycle for our kids so for me with my daughters obviously i have to be very careful with you know, uh, body image. And it, this world is surrounded by, you know, from YouTube to movies to TV shows of, of what a woman's body is supposed to look like. And it's up to me to, to help shape that for them, not society shape that for them, because otherwise they're going to buy into this lie of they have to look a certain way in order to be accepted by society and by, the, by our culture. And for me, I'd rather just focus on, hey, we're here to live a healthy lifestyle and have healthy bodies. It's not about being skinny or being ripped. It's about being the best version of you that you can. <clears throat> and that starts with eating real food and moving our bodies as much as possible and, and not feeling sick or, or getting or, 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 you know, injuries, uh, disease. Those types of things are, is what we're trying to prevent. But when it becomes about body image, that's where it gets dangerous, whether you have a son or a daughter. Huge, huge every day, man. I was telling Drew, I text Drew like, was it like a month ago? My little boy was cracking through your book, Complete Keto. And he's like, Dad, let's eat this. I want to go eat this. I was like, Bo, we need to go to the grocery store. Let's go right now. That looks really good. I remember that. And it's so true, man. I mean, from the time my little man was born, he's five now. You're speaking the, the truth. I mean, it's about breaking a cycle. And, and our parents, you're, you're right, they, didn't, they, they did the best that they knew, but it's your job to, to create awareness and educate yourselves about how do I level up the health of my family moving forward so that they can take care of themselves moving on. Yeah. And the whole relationship piece that you talked to, man, thank you for bringing that up because I think everyone needs to hear that. Um, we need to be that example and that should be one of your, your life's purposes is to, is to be a better parent, whether it's a father or mother to your kids and, and, and let them watch you cause they're watching everything we do, right? It's not just what we say, it's what we do, but yeah. be the example in every, every bit. And Drew, man, you know, we got to hang out with you in person. We're talking to you now, but you're such a just easy going. He's so centered. It's, it's awesome. And he speaks truth, genuine authenticity. I mean, everything about Drew is is just a hundred percent. Thank you, man. Really appreciate you guys have me on and be able to share this message. And you know, we're all doing the best we can with what we know. And and once we know better, we'll do better, right? Um, and and it's all about just progressing forward. And and you know, 
I think sometimes we, we wait too long to give ourselves permission to be happy. You know, we think, well, once I have this body or this house or this level of success, then I can be happy. But it's learning how to be happy now where you're at while you're working on a better version of yourself. And for me, that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned over the years. And hopefully people listening give themselves permission to be happy and not be so hard on themselves. And it, it's, it's, there's, there's some things that have helped me get to that point. It doesn't happen overnight, but it really starts in our heads. Like our perception uh, becomes the story that we tell ourselves and that story becomes our reality. So if you can learn how to change your perception, you change your story, you change your reality. And so it's something that I've learned over the years, but um, it's up to each individual to learn for themselves. Mm-hmm. So as, as you uh, continue on your training for the, the 100 mile 24 hour run, which I can't wait to hear feedback and see the posts on it. Sure. What else is sort of down your timeline in the next year or two for you? Yeah. So I'm, I'm launching and talking about dads. I'm launching another business uh, slash podcast called single daddy daily. And it's, it's not just for single dads, but it's me and another single dad from California. We teamed up for this to, to bring a whole platform for, for parents in general. Um, you know, it's just two single dads, you know, doing the best we can with what we know and passing that information along. So on the podcast, we cover, you know, hard topics. Uh, you know, some of it is single parenting, like, you know, for example, dating and how to navigate those waters, having kids, uh, but also just uh, general parenting, you know, like we, what we've talked about, you know, father, daughter relationships, uh, mother, son relationships, and just overall, uh, you know, how to be the best parents and break that cycle. That's what really it's about. So it's called single daddies daily and that'll, you know, we'll have a, a whole social media platform and uh, website and, uh, so stay tuned. A lot of good stuff there. Um, other than that, I still have, you know, I'm still trying to just run my company's uh, fit to fit to fit and the keto digital content that I have, my new book, Complete Keto, uh, my new su- or my supplements that I've had out for a while, but those are called Complete Wellness. Um, and just trying to, to juggle all these while being a single dad and navigating those waters is, um, is it's fun, man. I'm just excited for the adventures ahead. Mm-hmm. I, got, I got to ask you, I front to ask this earlier, but it kind of fits in uh, now who's who's your mentor like who do you see who do you sort of like stream behind or who who do you look for for inspiration and course correct and um yeah just love to hear yeah there's a few other people like like you guys have mentioned about me you know being centered being grounded i kind of gravitate towards the same people which is why we've we we've connected Mm -hmm. so um my i don't have just one mentor i have you know i would say a lot of mentors you know um and I know that we don't know each other that well, but I would consider you guys mentors. You know, you guys are successful dads, um, you know, running successful businesses, but also b- balancing family life. Um, for me, it's other people that are in similar shoes as me mm-hmm. and are doing really good things. Um, you know, so I look at people that have kids that are, you know, whether they're married or not, doesn't matter. But I know single dads out there that I look up to. I have, you know, married dads that are out there that I'm like, man, this guy knows what he's talking about. And so it's a wide variety of people. And luckily I've been able to connect with so many people where I could text them and be like, Hey man, I'm struggling with this. They got my back, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's really cool to have that support network. So, but it's like-minded people going through similar situations as me. And, and from, from an outside perspective, it seems like they're killing it. That's awesome, man. I've never heard anyone say that. And that's, (laughs) I Thank appreciate you. that. I'm honored and, and, and right back at you. I know David and I both feel the same way. Super honored, man. Yeah. And, and people, what you're listening to, like Drew's not putting on a show right now. He's actually, you know, that's a practice of yours. It's just humility and, and being humble, 
being appreciative and grateful and seeing the beauty all around you and, and the opportunity and relationships and, and whatnot. And that's a, that's a lesson right there, man. It's, it's yeah. really, really powerful. I mean, even, I mean, all the, all of my wife, like all, all the other amazing women that are with us are just like, there, there's, this guy's such a nice guy, you know? <laughs> and, and so it's, it's true. It's, it's authentic. It's real. Um, so one, one thing that we, we like to always leave our, our listeners with is, is some home play assignment that, that our guests sort of, you know, here's a, a step or step one, a first place to start. Maybe it's a book. Maybe it's, I mean, I would say everyone should definitely get out and get your complete keto book because I mean, being a doctor myself, I look at that and go, here patient, eat this because it's kind of everything you need to do from a nutrition lifestyle point of view, get going on that. And that could be the home play, but, uh, what do you have for us? Yeah. Oh man. Just one thing. (laughs) A whole list of things. (laughs) All right. So start with, start with Brene Brown and Darren Greatly. And then, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, no, her books did change my life. Uh, if you haven't read those, definitely read those. But, um, you know, for me, one of the biggest things that impacted me, and there's a ton, but it's just, I'm going to speak to one thing. And I think this is hard for men to do, but it's the power of positive affirmations, saying words about yourself out loud to yourself is really powerful because as men, sometimes we don't give ourselves permission to, you know, to be say, Hey, I'm proud of you. Like for example, me, my dad, he was a, a guy's guy and he never said, Hey, I love you or I'm proud of you. And I don't blame him or I'm not mad at him. But what I, I, I realized is that I never gave myself permission to be proud of myself either. And so positive affirmations, even though it sounds weird, like I think of Stuart Smalley from Saturday night Live. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough and doggone it. People like, like it's, it sounds super cheesy and I totally get it, but it, like real talk, going into a room, looking yourself in the mirror and saying things about yourself to yourself is really powerful. And I, I challenge everyone at home to do it for 30 days. Mm-hmm. Just say three to five things about yourself. You know, it could be something like, you know, I'm proud of you. Uh, you are worthy. Uh, you're a good man. You're a good father. Um, and, and you can start there. And each day do three to five new things. And it's really powerful. Even um, David Goggins in his new book, um, uh, Can't Hurt Me, you know, he talks about how how he has these conversations with himself in the mirror. Once of these accountability talks, I think is what it's called. Mm -hmm. Uh, But anyways, uh, very powerful stuff. Just, you know, positive affirmations. And um, it really is powerful. And I promise you just to try it for 30 days and see how it impacts, you know, how you view yourself. 30 days, guys. Remember, that's key, yeah. Drew. That's the consistency Drew's talking about. It doesn't work and, if it's just a couple of days. Yeah, and that's in my book too. So I give you awesome. examples of how to do uh, positive affirmations along with diet and exercise and, and those things that you know you need to do. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Drew, thank you so much for taking time with us today. You're a busy man. I mean, there's, there's so much going on for you. And so we just really appreciate that you, that you took the time to speak with us today and, and to our listeners, uh, more, more important, importantly. Well, thanks so, for having um, me on. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, Many thanks, forward. brother. Yeah, look forward to checking in with you and seeing how the, the run goes and everything else. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep you guys posted. Hopefully I'll still be alive. After <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any last words, David? That's it, man. What a great episode. Can't wait to get this one out. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Drew. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to subscribe to the Dr. Dads and share with your family and friends. You can also follow and interact with Dr. Nick and Dr. David on Facebook and Instagram for a daily dose of inspiration and the latest in health and wellness. Be well.